Hello, and welcome to another edition of the 16-Ounce Canvas, the Art of Craft Beer podcast. Let me first start off by wishing you and yours a happy new year, a happy, a safe, a prosperous 2018. We're taking this into our second year. Our second year, but we've only been doing it for about 10 months, nine months, carry the, yeah, about eight, nine months, maybe six, definitely more than five, but yeah, we're doing good. But this is episode number 42, folks, Cuarenta y Dos. This week's episode, we're featuring Bay Area artist, Mr. Graphic Phantom, Beyond the Ale, Nicholas, Nick Fulmer. You may have learned of Nick. Through the Doodle or Die uh, competition we did back. I was competition because no one really won. We're all winners. But we learned of Nick because he's just kind of uh, a man of many breweries. A very robust portfolio of the artists that we've uh, spoken with and featured here at the 16-ounce canvas. I would say that Nick's portfolio touches on the most breweries. You know, he has, you know, Cellar Maker, Noble, he's done work for Monkish, you know, Bike Dog, and the list kind of goes on and on and on, and we're going to get into that. You know, that's one of his, kind of, part of his style, part of his story, and it was really great to talk to him. I think that to hear where things were, to learn how important, you know, art is to him in his life is really great, and really just was... um, a story we've been looking forward to, to sharing with everybody for a while. So it's really kind of a, you know, a good one. Like I said, you know, he's done work with Good Beer Company, uh, Th- Three Weavers, Revision, a Faction, where he got his start, Bottle Logic, Pizza Port, and uh, the list goes on and on and on. So we definitely are going to miss some. So we apologize for that. We will keep trying to plug away at all of them. But Nick's got a laundry list, and he was happy to sit down with us. He self-admittedly admits that he is a tough person to track down, and I can confirm that. But sometimes it is worth the wait, and I like when you know that, that happens. So I think that each week here at the 16-Ounce Canvas, we do our best to introduce you to the artists, designers, illustrators from around the world. That's right, folks, worldwide who help bring your favorite beers and breweries to life. And so this is a great example of that great story of hard work, passion, love of art, super humble, you know, as our good friend says, you know, stay humble. And, uh, you know, Nick's Nick's a great example of that. So we really had the, well, it was a pleasure. Really enjoyed speaking with Nick. His stories were really positive. He name drops in the most uh, complimentary and thankful way you can do it. He realizes, you know, who helped him get where he is today, and he doesn't take any of that for granted. So it's a really great story. Um, if you want to learn more about Nick, you can go to his website, graphicphantom.com. You can also follow him on the Instagram at beyondtheale.com. No, Beyond the Ale on the Instagram. IG, you can also find us at the 16-ounce canvas, 160Z canvas on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And you can find us on 160zcanvas.com. You can stream, listen to the listen to the episodes there, or on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, wherever you get your podcast on, we should be there for you. So if you're checking us out via the, the podcast world, do us a small, itsy-bitsy favor. Leave us a review, leave us a rating. Helps get the word out, and uh, 2018 is going to be even bigger and better, and it's all because of you, and we thank you, we thank you, we thank you. But without further ado, let's get into it. Let's do this. Episode number 42, Nick Fulmer, Graphic Phantom, Beyond the Ale, 16-ounce canvas, the Art of Craft Beer podcast. Enjoy. Hello, and welcome to another edition of the 16-ounce canvas, the Art of Craft Beer podcast. Very excited to have uh, tracked down uh, the one and only Nick Fulmer joining us from the left coast, checking in via Cali. So I want to thank you, Nick. Like I said, we've been been playing tag for a while and um you know we're both finally the stars have aligned uh, so to speak so i appreciate you making the time to to join us here today 
Hey, my pleasure to be here. Um, I'm generally really hard to track down, so uh, congratulations is uh, awarded to you. Nice. Yeah, we, we definitely are, are persistent uh, to a fault at times. So we definitely, uh, it's it's easy. We make ourselves available and we'll see where, see where it goes. But uh, like I said, yeah, thank you for joining us. Uh, we came to learn to Nick. Well, actually, Nick's been, you work with so many different great breweries and have done some amazing work. It's just hard to limit you to 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 one you probably can't even fit them on one hand you know you're doing so many different projects you know noble monkish three weavers you know your, your name came out when we spoke with uh jake over at cellar maker city beer and so just kind of the, the list goes on and on so uh tip of the cap to you my friend well thank you very much i think i'm in the the mid-20s for the number of breweries and bars that i've worked with so far that's a that's a that's a good uh, that's a good number to have. That number keeps growing. So you're like a full case now. So that's great. Yeah. <laughs> now now let's I guess we'll take a step back, and I think it'll probably bring us to that. But just kind of you know what we're, we're like I said before, we want to learn about Nick as an artist, and we really uh, really enjoy everything we see. You know, you can check out what, uh, Nick's website, graphicphantom.com. Also, uh, you follow along via Instagram. You know, Beyond the Ale really was just kind of. Uh, Really blown away. Some of the great uh, sketches and doodles that you did as part of the uh, 16 ounce doodle or die. So some of those were really, really impressive. And it was just really nice, especially knowing how busy you are that, you know, I think you did almost all of them. So it was really cool to, really cool to see that. Well, thank you. I know I did every single one because I, I wanted to make sure that I uh, didn't leave any out. Um, I've, uh, I've always liked the doodle or die uh, project. Um, I think it was maybe two years that I did it, possibly three. Um, I found out about it through uh, the Against the Grain artist, uh, Robbie, I believe his name is. Yeah, Robbie Davis. Um, yeah, that's how we, that's how we, yeah. was kind of the, yeah, we had spoken and he mentioned it and I loved it. And so I kind of just nicely said, hey, because he had said when I interviewed him, I really want to do it again. So I said, hey, like, let us know. We'd love to kind of push it out there. And so, yeah, that's awesome. So I'm glad that always that came full circle. Yeah, I, uh, a few years ago, I was feeling a little stagnant uh, creativity-wise, and uh, I had always appreciated his work. We had kind of talked a little bit back and forth, and uh, I decided, even though I was really, really busy, that I would kind of tackle it. And uh, it was really an uh, opening for me. The, as I said, maybe two, three years ago, there were things I wouldn't normally draw. Having a really short time frame in which to do them was uh, kind of stressful in a good way. Um, and everything that came out of that was just stuff I was really proud of. And honestly, a lot of the stuff I did that year ended up being used in projects for the next maybe year and a half. I had places contact me and say, hey, we really love this drawing. Does anybody own it? Um, and then we'd work off of that. So I was eager to do it again and hopefully have similar results. Yeah, they were great. They're some of my favorite ones. I mean, uh, the, the, the pizza, the ones like the pizza donut eclipse was hilarious and just, you know, self-servingly. You know, got to, you know, Robbie and I picked some of the words, you know, we, we, we didn't want it to be self-promoting, but we got, we put in 16 ounce in there. And so the, the 16 different ounces was always great. And so, yeah, and I was just drawn to your stuff. I think from your, your, I think that's how I really found you with some of the, your, your coffee cup art. So I always, I always dig that too. So yeah, you're, you're, I, I just, I really appreciate you making the time today. So we'll see what, we'll see what we can learn here and kind of go from there. Awesome. So, so Nick, how did you kind of, you know, just take us back again, like, you know, the Nick story, you know, the elevator pitch, like, how did you get into art, you know, drawing? What's the, what's the, you know, where, where to come, come into your life? Um, I have always loved to draw. Um, I can't really remember a point at which I didn't. Um, so when I was uh, younger, uh, pretty much I like to do some original art, but a lot of it was like redrawing things that I enjoyed in different situations. Uh, I know when I was like in junior high, I did a lot of like drawing Bart Simpson as various comic book characters um, and stuff like that. Uh, at the time I wasn't quite confident enough to do my own stuff, but uh, kind of kept up with it. Uh, never went to school for it. Um, worked a bevy of terrible retail jobs uh, over the years, Blockbuster, Wells Fargo, Macy's, the list goes on. Um, but always drawing in my spare time, always liked it. Um, but, uh, yeah, just, uh, something that meant a lot to me. So it's been really therapeutic, whether or not it had been something I got paid for, uh, I, I needed to have it around. Um, and yeah, uh, kind of just a childhood of 
Tim Burton, Calvin and Hobbes, Far Side, weird comics and cartoons kind of all lumped together. Well, those are those are some good good lumps to be a part of. Yeah, Calvin and Hobbes is one. Uh, yeah, my youngest son, well before we probably should have found it, discovered Calvin and Hobbes at a pretty early age, and so we got the the yeah, call my- from the call from daycare saying that he hates my wife Susan, and so they thought that he was being really ag- aggressive and angry. <laughs> they sent you know he was making her Valentine and said you know. I hate Susan, and we had, I had to actually bring in the Calvin and Hobbes book to explain to them that no, he was just mimicking Calvin hates you know Susie, and so that was a that was an interesting yeah, I, child moment. <laughs> I don't think I, I don't think I'd be able to not laugh if I if I encountered the, the I hate Susan card. That sounds pretty awesome. It was pretty awesome, yeah. But it was just kind of <laughs> like like wait, your son is how old and he reads? Con-? Yeah, I'm like yeah, I'm like I get that you don't maybe approve of my parenting, but I'm like. Child wants what he wants to read, and I just want to let you know that he's a very loving child. You know, but yeah, it was my I was, dad. I actually, to laugh. Yeah, that was my like when I was growing up. That's what my dad read to me as a bedtime story was Calvin and Hobbes. Um, as a young kid, it was Calvin and Hobbes or Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Um, and uh, rereading Hitchhiker's Guide later, I realized how much of it was way over my head, but right. I still enjoyed it. And I uh, know Calvin and Hobbes was like really early on in my childhood and, and just always loved it. Was heartbroken when when he left. Yeah, when I still think about it, like how young he was and stuff, you know, in his career and you know, I follow the Calvin and Hobbes Reddit uh pretty regularly and so there's some great stuff there, but just that you know, I think he appeared back recently with somebody, just kind of, you know, did a couple of little things. Yeah, but, he did uh for Pearls Before Swine. Yeah. which is another comic. Uh, they didn't say anything. They just had him do a few, and then later they ended up announcing that he had uh, drawn some of them. Yeah, and so, and so, yeah, we. I think I think we were helping, you know, moving some boxes, and he kind of was just drawn to the, you know, the big, the big tiger and kid. And um, they're almost after Halloween this year. I know it's. I'm not trying to talk about, you know, be the guy talking about his kids, but yeah, that was. We almost had them be, you know. Calvin Hobbes for for uh, Halloween this year. I was pretty, I was actually pretty devastated that that, that did not come to fruition. But you know, it was always next, next year. year. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> always next year. Yeah, because our littlest one is like very Calvin esque. Like he's the, he's a little he's way small and rugrat like, and there's a good enough height difference. My oldest was like, I'll be Hobbes, and I was like, Oh my god, this could happen, and then it, it fell through. But... <laughs> I'll keep my fingers crossed. Yeah, exactly. Right. That would be yeah. That would, that would be a, a parenting uh, highlight for me. So. So as an artist, what is your, you know, what is your style? Like, how do you, you know, how are you creating? I mean, obviously you, know, you do some hand-drawn, but I mean, are you a digital guy? What is your, what's your kind of, your style? Um, I used to be completely 100% hand-drawn. Um, I honestly, in the past, I used to usually, I used to like to draw with ballpoint pens. <laughs> um and uh, I, you know, I was not going to art school. Um, I was really against any digital art. I didn't really consider it creative. Um, but I'll admit, I, uh, I think I didn't completely understand uh, things uh, at the time. So, you know, after years doing just hand-drawn stuff, when I started doing more work for businesses and breweries and stuff, I just came to realize that realistically to do crisp, good looking art that's going to stand out on a package it has to be digital um to be able to do different sizes and various things uh nobody can really print a clear image from a hand drawing it's just it's very difficult to do um so uh over a period of a couple of years i just taught myself how to use adobe illustrator and various computer programs um, so I still, everything that I draw is by hand. Um, I draw everything by pencil. I then ink it by hand. I then, uh, scan in the hand-drawn illustration. Um, and then I actually trace my own drawing on an iPad with a pencil, with an Apple pencil. So in essence, I draw everything twice. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's a lot of work. Yeah. It's impressive. I definitely... Your sentiment, I think there's definitely still folks who are like very analog based, but then the whole point of getting it to be a vector art and to get it to be able to be on a, you know, package goods, there's kind of some uh, concessions that definitely have to be made despite the the various levels of uh, stubbornness that, that I've uh, come across. 
Yeah. So like for me, you know, like the coffee cup art, the, the drawing of the day, uh, a lot of just the stuff that I do on my own, I prefer to all be hand drawn and nothing to be digital. Um, but again, when you're doing can wraps and shirts and posters for it to just be able to be printed on a larger scale or done in, in a way that makes me happy, uh, it just realistically has to be digital. Yeah, and now I mentioned before, if you if you go to uh, Nick's uh, Instagram, Beyond the L, you can see his uh, his kick ass coffee cups. And so, is that a, is that a daily ritual? Is that kind of like the the coffee gets you going, and then you kind of just get your juices flowing? Yeah, um, I go through phases. I've I've actually been doing it for a number of years, but in the past, it was I would do one here or there, uh, kind of when it struck me. Um, for a long time, it was a good. Uh, I would get drawers block and I just couldn't really get into what I was supposed to create. So the coffee cup art was something that kind of set forth for myself where no pressure, um, no pencils allowed, no sketching, never know what I'm going to draw on it. Pretty much start with an eye or a mouth and then just kind of go from there. And I was very therapeutic. It generally would then kind of wake me up and then I'd want to draw other things. Um, and then, uh, I think probably about a year ago. Um, honestly, I went through a mildly rough patch personally um, that really kind of put a damper on my ability to create art that I was happy with. So uh, I noticed that I started doing coffee cups every day. Um, it was it kind of turned into a ritual, and the feedback that I got from people, uh, both online and in the real world, was uh, was was really cool. Um, most people I ran into, if they had anything to say, they were like, dude, these coffee cups uh, are just amazing. I had a couple of people who had actually said that uh, they really spoke to them and, and made them feel things. And uh, I was like, oh, well, that's that's more than I anticipated, but, but cool. Um, and, you know, I just kept doing it. Uh, I haven't been doing it for a little while now, but uh, that's only because during the holidays, all coffee places switched to either red or dark colored cups. And <laughs> it's I, logistical. Can't, I can't really draw on them. It's a logistical so, uh, reason, not get, <laughs> Yeah, so uh, once we get back to January, I think they'll probably come back, and then I'll get back into that every day. Now, are the coffee, were the coffee shops aware? Like, were you, would you, did they know? Um, it seems like, uh, you, yeah. yeah, it's uh, Pete's Coffee, which is now a chain, um, but when I was a kid, they were a local place in Berkeley, um, where I'm from. Uh, the original pizzas there, uh, they were actually really against uh, franchising or getting any bigger. Um, Starbucks was actually founded and started, I believe, by ex-Pete's employees who were frustrated that they didn't want to expand to, into a larger company. Um, I believe that Mr. Pete uh, died probably about a decade ago now. And since then, as it's gotten more corporate, they've now expanded into a larger corporation. I think they're kind of all over the West Coast now. Uh, but for me, they're always kind of my local place. And uh, during the holidays, they, they go with dark dark brown cups uh, or red cups. And it's, I try drawing on them, and it just doesn't come out. <laughs> that's great. And the irony of uh, them going to start Starbucks. So that's pretty amazing. Yeah, they're not wanting to be big in corporate. Yeah. Uh, irony coffee coming soon to the town near you. Now, now having, you know, kind of having all those, you know, shitty jobs and whatnot, how did you kind of crack into the, the beer, the beer industry? Cause like I said, I mean, you said over 20, I mean, there's some really strong, you know, really like the labels that you've done are just well, really well known. You know, you're some great breweries and really you're definitely, you know, you're definitely synonymous with kind of a, you know, definitely a large amount of these uh, breweries labels and works. So, I mean, that's really interesting to me. Uh, well, thank you for the kind words. Um, really right place at the right time uh, would be most of it. And then probably second to that is the overwhelmingly positive and I don't know what word to use, open uh, community of craft beer. Uh, craft beer is, is populated by all of these people who are doing what they love. It's creative. They're making something out of nothing. And their livelihood is based on making enough money to survive. Yet these places that are really competition for shelf space, for getting people in the doors is a family. You know, you see all these collaborations 
Uh, you see how all of these breweries interact, despite being in direct competition. For the most part, obviously, we have cease and desist and various things out there. But for the most part, particularly on a local uh, level, these places are so wonderful about sharing their resources. And I, I benefited from that. Um, I, I want to say, God, it's probably been about four years now. Um, I had just moved to San Francisco, uh, previously lived in Berkeley in Oakland and, uh, was kind of getting my footing at the time. I was actually between jobs, um, hoping to get something in art, but, uh, realistically had actually given up on that a long time ago. I kind of thought of art as you either had to be the art department in a cubicle for a place you disliked, or you had to paint pictures of fruit. And uh, I just, I, I had become very frustrated with, with all of that and, and didn't really see it as a possibility for me. Um, after being in San Francisco for maybe two or three weeks, uh, my wife uh, ended up having an appointment across town that she needed a ride to. And I was like, hey, you know, I'll give you a ride. And I dropped her off. I ended up looking up on my phone and 21st Amendment is right there, which is a brewery I had, I had had lots of their beer, but had never been to the brewery. And I went, you know what, I'm just going to hang out here, wait for her. And so, you know, I'm going there, I'm kind of sitting around, I take out my sketchbook and I start drawing the tap handles that they have there just to pass the time. Uh, one of the bartenders came up and mentioned to me that she saw me drawing. She liked what I had done and uh, told me her and her husband were opening a brewery soon uh, in Alameda across the water. Uh, and that if I had the time that they'd love to talk to me about doing art for them. Um, me, I was absolutely excited. Couldn't believe that something like this was happening. A uh, couple days later, ended up heading out to Alameda. Uh, I had drawn some things based on the brewery's name, Faction Brewing, um, that just kind of spoke to me. And I met with them. Uh, Claudia, who was the bartender who was there, uh, we were kind of chatting, and she said, oh, my husband will be coming in shortly. And uh, when he came in, it was uh, Roger Davis. Uh, here in Northern California in particular, but I would say throughout the brewing community. Uh, Roger Davis is somebody a lot of people know and respect. Um, he's been brewing for decades. He's been at more places than I can count, making core beers for places that still use it to this day. And uh, he decided to open his own brewery. Uh, Roger has a bit of a reputation as somebody who does not take, take any shit. Uh, he's very opinionated and he will speak his mind and possibly rubs some people the wrong way. Uh, so when Roger came in, I was immediately nervous. Uh, I, I noticed my palms are sweating and I was like, oh no, I've, I've heard stories about this guy. Is he going to like my art? And so, you know, I stand up to greet him. He walks towards me. I, I extend my hand and he's halfway to shaking my hand and introducing myself. And he points down at one of my sketches and he says, what the hell is that? I'm immediately even more nervous. I'm like, oh God, this is, I ruined it. I ruined my opportunity. And he said, that's our logo. How did you draw this logo? I told him I had heard the name from Claudia, just sketched some stuff up. And uh, we ended up spending, I would say, the next six or seven hours at his unopened brewery, drinking through his collection of beers I had never even been lucky enough to see with my own eyes. And uh, by the end of it, they had hired me for everything. Uh, and uh, I think we were up to probably 70 different uh, beers, each beer having its own drawing at this point. Um, and so really the only reason I'm in this is Roger and Claudia Davis uh, accepted me into craft beer um, that day. Then as people said, hey, we really like your art and we're complimentary, they could have said thank you, but they actually promoted me and they said, hey, Nick did this, contact him, here's his information. And, you know, if they hadn't been so willing to share what I did for them with others, uh, you know what, realistically, I don't think I would be in the position that I'm in. Um, another really big step that uh, I think probably propelled me into the, the Walesboro category and stuff like that is uh, Cellar Maker. Cellar Maker, when they first opened, I was about 10 minutes away from them. And uh, I started going there every day. Their beer was outstanding. And at the beginning, nobody knew about them. And you could just walk in and spend a day there. Uh, Tim, their brewer, 
uh, one of the most amazing people I've ever met, truly just a kind and wonderful person, uh, was bartender then, as a lot of brewers are when they open breweries. He had to, he had to serve. And uh, he approached me and said he knew who I was, uh, said that I was pretty much their social network at the time because I was raving about them on Instagram and Twitter, and uh, asked if I would be willing to do their first uh, bottled beer, which was Jezebel. Uh, sour beer, I want to say they did in 2013. Um, based on that one bottle, uh, we got along really well, and I ended up doing a lot of their uh, first series of beers, Coffee and Cigarettes, Are You Afraid of the Dank, Tiny Dankster. And um, with them being a, a brewery that deservedly ended up getting a lot of attention locally and nationally, a lot of people saw my art. Again, much like Factions, they were so uh, generous about telling people who I was uh, that it kind of just went from there. And now over the last few years, uh, it's just gotten to a point where I'm lucky enough to get to work with a lot of different places and get to do a lot of different styles, which I would say is probably my dream. Wow. So that was a quick story. That's an awesome story. No, I think now. Do you remember the appointment your wife had? I mean, you know that could really. Uh, it, yeah, it was an acupuncturist. So, um, and I, you know, I a lot of this. As much as I thanked all these other sources, uh, she has a lot of uh, gratitude. Uh, she was the one who chose that place. She's actually the one who said I should go somewhere, and she actually told me to bring my sketchbook because at this point I was not comfortable drawing around other people. So uh, without her kind of making those decisions, I, I wouldn't have ended up in that situation that I did. Um, and, you know, it, it it was wonderful. I was trying to draw professionally for about 15 years leading up to that. So, uh, you know, I meet a lot of people who say, like, oh, what's your secret or how do you do it? And I always just say, just don't ever stop drawing. Ever. You know, it, it's, it might take a while, it might not take any time at all, but if you're always drawing, you're just increasing the chance that, that somebody will see it and somebody will want more from you. And uh, yeah. And we are back. Listen to some smooth sounds here with the loonies to start. Got a little Mac Dre. We got one more for you coming up as we wrap up, but we're not going anywhere yet. We're just at the halfway mark here. Nick Fulmer, 16-ounce canvas, Art of Craft Beer Podcast, episode number 42, 42. That's right, folks. We've got 42 episodes. Holy shit. Again, happy new year to you and yours. Hopefully the hangover has gone away. Hopefully you're recovering. And now the weekend is here and you can do it all over again. We here at the 16-ounce canvas, the Royal We, are doing dryuary. So we are in the midst of that and it is going well. Uh, we will see how it goes. Uh, it would be smarter if it was, you know, February, a little shorter month there. But um, we will see. We will see. Getting back into shape. And hopefully that shape is not a pear. And so just working at it. And who knows what the year is, you know, on the on the to-do lists. You know, don't do the resolutions as much. I think those are kind of usually end quite quite quickly. But we want to do another road race of some sorts. Maybe, a, you know, a 10K or, a, you know, half marathon again. So we will see. We will see. We'll keep you updated. But with that said, I... Let's get right back into it, right? So what, uh, you know, chance happening that, you know, thanks to, you know, his wife's appointment and his, her encouragement, which is usually how it happens, right? Your better half is encouraging you to take some chances and, you know, really just kind of, you know, do what makes you happy and, you know, has that that pride in your work, which which is, you know, exciting. You know, I, know my, I know my wife listens to these episodes and if you're listening, honey, I love you that you know her feedback or she says oh, that was really interesting when you spoke to this artist or learned this I, you know, I know it's really encouraging it keeps me you know keeps me going especially you know doing this late at night when you know the whole house is you know asleep you know to keep grinding and, and working on it just to you know to have her approval and you know family and friends means a lot so i think it's really you know great that your know, next wife encouraged her encouraged him excuse me and you know 
a choice meeting while he was at 21st Amendment, who has some great labels, you know, and then to, you know, end up being the guy for faction and just kind of it, uh, really exploding from there is just really a, a great story. And you can really tell that, you know, his love for art, you know, how important it is to him, what a great outlet it is for him, you know, his creativity, love the coffee cups while it is the holiday season, you know, follow all the law, you know, looking forward to, you know, the holiday season being over so Nick can get back to his, you know, great, uh, coffee faces, you know, and, uh, that's one of the things that you know, drew me to him, you know, pun intended was those, you know, different faces and what have you. So if you, and if you head on over to graphicphantom.com, you can see some of those, you know, some stickers some shirts, you know, support the artists and, uh, really, uh, just really, yeah, I really enjoyed speaking with Nick. It was, um, I know, when, when it's difficult to get in touch with some of the artists to do this, part of it, I think, is the idea that they don't want to necessarily be on camera or be on, you know, recorded. And so I do respect that. You know, I nicely am a, I'm a nice pain in the ass when I nudge them, you know, just shoot you know, different messages. and But it's not, like, harassing or, or whatnot. Because it's, it's really an opportunity to showcase them and really introduce folks to them their craft, their story. And I think the stories are really my favorite part. I know I have, I know I keep saying, if you listen to each week, you'll notice I'll say, well, this is one of my favorite parts. This is one of my favorite parts. I just really like the encouragement and the hard work and, you know, all the stars aligning, right? You know, the advice, you know, keep drawing, always be drawing, you know, ABD. And uh, I think that, yeah, I think that no matter what industry you're in, you know, I think you can take away something from all these folks because, the artists that are making a career out of it, I mean, they're really the, the true entrepreneurs of the craft beer scene. They're really, you know, grinding and really, you know, pushing. And I don't know how they're getting paid. I don't know what type of deals they're making, but I can't be envisioning it being on a, you know, per per can sold, you know, it, you know, equating to that. But we don't really ask about the finances of it. I think that's just a little, little intrusive, but if anyone, you know, wants to share with that, us, you know, shoot us an email, aj at 16ozcanvas.com. Just shoot us an email anyway. We'd love to hear from you, but it's definitely interesting. We've had a lot of folks ask us about that, the costs, or we've had some other artists ask us what they think they should charge. And to be honest, I'm, I'm pretty I'm pretty green on that, and I think it's by design. I just don't think it's a, it's a question or an area we want to get into. But anyway, I digress. So this is the, you know, Nick Fulmer story. I think what we're trying to do here is just give you a glimpse into to him, his hard work, really the the story. And it's really a full, it's a full picture. It comes full circle. You know, he's working with some great, you know, great artists, you know, in terms of the beer scene. And he's really been a, you know, a key player in that. Some of his labels and just the, the work he's doing has really helped to, to step up that game. And uh, it was just really a, it was a lot of fun. It was really a pleasure to speak with him. And it was a one that we thought was a, a perfect way to kick off 2018 because we are inspired by folks like Nick, the hard work and you know, keep pushing and trying to, you know, grow and expand. And so we thought what, what better way to start 2018 with this, uh, this success story, really positive. And again, we keep saying it, but hard work, hard work, hard work. And, you know, it, you know, Nick's a great example of that. So. Without further ado, let's get right back into it. This is part two, Nick Fulmer, episode 42, 16-ounce canvas, the Art of Craft Beer podcast. That, yeah, I, I, I mean, obviously one of my favorite parts of this is the the how and kind of, you know, the, the story behind, you know, people's process or, or kind of life path. But I think it's just, that's a great story. I think, you know, it's, the every you know all everything you were doing built up to that and you know this random occurrence you know you know you know just having a drink and sketching to keep yourself busy you know and from just talking to you it's very obvious that art is not only you know important for you professionally but I think it's therapeutic and a lot you know it definitely is a an outlet and so I totally understand the idea of not being able to do something or being comfortable doing it in front of others you know so. I think yeah, I'm I th still not completely uh, comfortable with that. Uh, luckily, I'm not asked to do it too often. But I'll admit, I've been contacted to do like live drawing events, and I just I I turn them down. 
But uh, one thing I'd like to share about my appreciation for the craft beer art community and, and everything is uh, growing up in, in Berkeley and in the Bay Area, um, the Bay Area and, and Berkeley in particular where I grew up is still in essence kind of holding on to a lot of stuff that occurred during the 60s and 70s. Um, and so everywhere you go in Berkeley, you're going to see these old hand-drawn concert posters for the Fillmore and the Warfield and, and various Woodstock, uh, various concerts that went on during that period. And uh, growing up, these posters blew me away. They were complicated and weird and abstract and, and just beautiful. And growing up, I was like, that's what I strived to do. As I got a little bit older, it seemed to me that nobody wanted weird, hand-drawn art. Um, for a period, particularly when computer art started getting a little bit bigger, um, I would say in like the early 90s, mid-90s, everything was just computer-generated. And it, it, it was really difficult for me. It, it kind of affected my ability to see a future in art. And uh, for a long time, I would just kind of wished that that old school rock mentality still existed. Um, and it does. I, I didn't, I wasn't aware at the time, but there are still a lot of great rock bands getting hand-drawn art from amazing local people. Um, but for me, when I discovered beer, all of a sudden I found this group of people who were making what they wanted to make, doing what they wanted to do. And they wanted weird art to go with it. They wanted obscure stuff that, made sense, but was still a little bit strange and outside of the box. And um, I think I've heard other people say this since, but uh, at the time I, I had this epiphany where I felt like craft beer was the new rock music. And this is back in like, probably like 2014 that I felt this way. Not to say it's no longer that, but at that time I feel like craft beer was turning into this thing that rock and roll music turned into when the electric guitar was introduced. So in both cases, both in music and in craft beer, these new generation of creators were creating stuff that paid, paid tribute and, and respected what came before it, but they were electrifying it. They were making it weird. They were, adding different ingredients, putting too much bread in, mixing styles, doing stuff that while still beer was adding this level of excitement that I think brought in a whole new customer base. And admittedly, similar to Rock, there were a lot of brewers who said, hey, I don't like this. This is new. Don't do that. Um, I think you see that mirrored a little bit in the hazy beer craze that's going on. There are still going to be some people who, who love it more than anything and some who say it's not beer. And to me, everything about this mirrors that progression in rock music that's continuing to this day. I mean, brother. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I come from, I, I come from music like that's I me. Mean, I'm not a, I can't play or anything, but I, I was a you know, disc jockey and I love it. You know, I think even just, you're saying the, the tip of the caps to the different musicians or sometimes the, the puns and the styles. I mean, the common, I mean, I have to say that the, probably the two, well, th two and a half, we'll say the three, we'll say three most common things I've found are love of comic books, love of gig posters. And some of the artists that I've interviewed still do gig posters, which is amazing to me. And then I would say metal music, but music in general, there's a lot of metal designers out there, but so I would give that a half, but, um, yeah, so I, I couldn't agree more. <laughs> Cause I'm a, yeah, I'm not a metal guy. I'm, I'm trying though. I've gotten turned on a few things when I do the, you know, the artist playlist and stuff like that. But yeah, it's, it's really, you know, that's what really drew me into everything that like, I, I, I tried to get into radio and I, I could have, I could have gone to some more, you know, corporate stations, but I did, I did my own show for like a decade and it was cause I could be like that sixties and seventies radio where if something new happened, <laughs> if something new happened, right, you told somebody and you or you played it, and that was like you're propagating it out to the people. It wasn't like you you know how to work a computer program, which kind of correlates to, you know, the analog versus the, you know, the computer with what your, you know, the concerns are. It just to me, once I saw behind kind of the curtain of these big stations and I went to school for it, it just was a, it was a huge letdown. And so I definitely, you know, mm -hmm. so that's, that's why I got back into this. Yeah, no, it, you know, there's, there's, you know, everything's complicated. <laughs> you know, I, I've had lots of, I've had numerous opportunities uh, with places that I, breweries that I truly love the beer 
and the people who have asked me to, to only draw for them um, have tried to kind of lock me down and have been very generous, but it's not something that I'm interested in. And, not, and they're not corporate. These are small places doing local good stuff. But for me as an artist, realistically, my style changes. Uh, what I wanted to draw 10 years ago is different than it was five years ago from two years ago from one year ago. And for me, if I agree to work for one place for an extended period of time, I worry both that my art will suffer for how it makes me feel and what I enjoy doing, but I'm not going to give them as good art as I lose interest in it. And so for me to kind of stay active and feel creative, it's been very important for me to be able to work with a large amount of places and be able to do stuff that's a little bit different and exciting and, and fun. Yeah. Cause you're like the, the ultimate like free spirit. Cause like I said, you're doing so many different, different labels and it's kind of that community out there and, yeah, I think some folks would like to hold on to Nick and say, well, he's our only guy, but I think to truly support you know, you as an artist, you have to kind of, I don't know, if there's some saying about a butterfly or something, you got to let it free, you got free or something like that. But, yeah. And admittedly, I've, 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 I've ruffled some feathers. I know there are places that, uh, you know, I, I wished I worked with for a little bit longer that I think, I don't think they were upset, but I know places get to a point where they're like, Oh, you do for this. You draw for so many places. We want somebody who's just for us. And I respect that. I, I don't ever take it as something negative, but I, I know that, uh, I think if I were willing to limit the number of places I worked for, I'd probably have done more work for some places that I really appreciated uh, working with. Well, there you said, it. You, said it, you, know. you said it on the record, Nick. So yeah, I think that, I think it takes a lot to, you know, especially when we do these, the, the introspective look at things. And so, you know, I think that you, you know, to, to fully get you is to, to get, you know, what your process and it doesn't, it's not, it's not for everybody, right? It's not a one size fits all type of situation. So I think it and works. what I always say is there's, there's enough beer, there's enough art, there's enough music for everyone. So, uh, I don't think anybody should be hoarding it or taking it too seriously. You know, there's enough to go around. Yeah. Now, with that said, with you doing these different projects, how do you find it difficult to give each one of them their own kind of flavor or flair that's that stands out? So it's not so it's more that it's not just oh that's a Nick beer versus this is you know Brewery A's beer and Brewery B's beer. Uh, um, yes, yeah, somewhat. Um, you know, it, it's it's been a process. I actually feel like. Early on, I did a better job maybe of separating some of the styles. Um, uh, but I've always been really, really careful to make sure that despite being able to recognize that it was done by me, that hopefully there should never be any confusion as to what brewery is doing it. Um, so for me, I've tried to generally I've been lucky enough to actually work for breweries that already have an established logo or feel. And so it's kind of easy for me to do something that fits into their already existing and recognizable uh, look, but by making it a little bit mine. Um, you know, uh, when I first, I did, uh, I did a, a little bit of art for society brewing in San Diego for a, a couple years, just like shirts and stickers. And uh, because they had this, this kind of old speakeasy kind of, vintage mentality bowler hats and 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 uh, silhouettes of all of their characters it was really easy to do something that kind of played into that um similarly i, I was lucky enough to do one bottle for uh, sante adarius um and for them i'm generally everything thick black outlines comic book style but uh that doesn't fit them so uh, the one label that i did for them it was a little difficult for me but no outlines just color um and, you know, that's something that I always try to do when I work for places to, to somehow still be recognizable as this place, but letting people know that, yes, it is a little bit different. Generally, when I, when I meet with a brewery, I have a joke where I say I'm the brand breaker and I go, I am going to make you a little angry and I'm going to go a little off, but I, I promise you people will know it's you. It's a good tagline. They're going to fit nice on a bit on the business card. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love one of the ones I love because we we talk a lot about the uh, about 
you know, using the aluminum can as you know as a you know the the seventh color depending on you know what the process is but i the the gold the gold crawlers that you did for noble i just think the fact that they're in gold are just so it's just so kick-ass with the the darkness and it's, so it's just one of my one of my favorites just visually it just i mean it screams i mean i you don't see gold cans anywhere so I, that that must have been a lot of fun well, thank you. Um, I was, you know, that was one I was particularly proud of. Um, that design is very different from my normal stuff. There wasn't really any drawing involved. Um, it was more just designing something that I thought would be pleasing. Um, admittedly, you know, when I did that crawler design, I was uh, thinking what, you know, cans and, and, and bottles and all this stuff you just you see it all over instagram and, and, and everywhere and people just showing it off and it stands out and to me crawlers are it's almost like forgotten canvas and you know so working with noble who was already using gold crawlers but just kind of covering them up with with a label when they asked me to design a new one i kind of i thought about it and I was like, you know i want something that really shows off the crawler itself um, and do really minimal line work on it, have it something that pops. And uh, I was really happy with the outcome. Um, I'm actually fairly excited uh, based on how much they liked that. I'm going to be doing a series of growl- crawlers for Noble, where every couple months or so, we're going to completely redo it. Um, and it's kind of going to be, they're allowing me to do pretty much whatever I want and really go outside of what is normally seen. Um, one thing I have to do is I have to give a huge shout out to Highland Park Brewing for their recent crawler design that just was amazing. It's just a bunch of like crude black and white sketches of cats and I'm obsessed with it. And, uh, to me, I really like abstract, weird, loose stuff like that. And I'll admit there's not a lot of breweries that are willing to have stuff that loose, um, yeah, I just pulled that something up. Something I yeah. just really appreciate. Yeah, I, yeah. Well, right, and I think that when again we started this, the really the the kind of the springboard was the crawler because it was just this mm-hmm. new idea of you know this huge this huge vessel, right? And it was and, and you started to see the stickers, and the stickers started to become more than just the circle. You know, originally folks were just writing on the oil cans, and so to me that was that's kind of like the, the founding father of the project. And so I definitely sticks out to me when you, you notice them. Cause I think they're, I, I enjoy them much better. You know, if I can get my hands on a couple of crawlers, you know, it's just, it's uh, a, any, a, anything overly sized is ridiculous in and of itself. And so if folks don't know what it is and you, you show up to a party with that, they think you're just having ridiculously sized beers, which is always good for a laugh. So it's always, it's yeah. always some fun. So, yeah, I like them a lot. Um, I I was generally a fan of the half size growlers, the thirty two ounce growlers. Um, so the move to growlers for me is great. Uh, I'll admit, generally, a lot of if I'm getting beer at a brewery, it's generally for my home consumption. And uh, if I brought a sixty four ounce growler home, I'd open it. I'd have <laughs> sixty maybe ounces. three beers if I'm lucky, and then it would just go bad. I would either drink uh, an inferior version of that beer in a day or two, or it just would go to waste. And so uh, I had a habit of paying a little bit more for multiple smaller growlers. And then that way, open it, consume the whole thing. If I want another one a couple of days later, it's still in good condition. And I think the crowler craze has really played off of that. So for my trying to be a really good solo drunk, it's, it's made things really easy for me. Yeah, and you got and you're you're designing for some of the best breweries in California, and so you know I think, and I also think that it's, yeah, you know, labels are you know part of the branding too. So I think in a way that there's probably breweries that people are now checking out because your work, and so it's kind of a a give and take thing. So I think it's uh, I find it really it's really exciting, and so you're uh, just to think that that's those sketches at, at 21st, you know, where you are today, it's pretty it's pretty kick ass. Well, thank you very much. Yeah, yeah. Oh no, thank you. Like I said, I appreciate it uh, very much. I'm just, I'm just here to make sure that people appreciate you. So it's kind of a give and take. But with all the work that you're doing, what's the like the pro- project management? You know, keeping everything kind of uh, aligned. Like when different you know ones are due. Do you have any any uh, advice on that? You know, kind of uh, keeping all the, the balls in the air, managing all your projects. Um, I'm probably the worst person to ask advice on that. <laughs> um, 
I will fully admit I am not great at the business side, emails, doing well with invoicing, keeping track of communication and stuff. However, for doing things that are up in the air, I've been doing it for a long time now. I kind of like it. I'm generally working on probably six or seven labels at the same time. Um, so a lot of it is, uh, doing sketches of things, sending it out while I wait to hear feedback on a sketch. I'll then be working on a different label, then send that out. And so it's kind of a balance of trying to, while you wait for feedback from one business doing work for the other. Um, and it's, you know, it is a juggling act. It's, it's keeping things in the air. Um, and I'll admit again, there are some really amazing brewers out there who understand that the creative process is is difficult. Um, I generally, I can get new work out in a couple of days, but every so often, if something just really doesn't strike me, it will take me a little bit longer. And uh, I, I won't say who, but I've had some wonderful brewers in this community delay beers release because I wasn't quite ready with the art. And uh, that's something that has meant a lot to me when it's occurred that they'll say, you know what, we'll can the next batch, or this is a sour beer, it can wait. And, uh, you know, those have, it's, it's been very infrequent, but when things like that have happened, I think that has made me feel more appreciated as an artist and a part of this community than anything else, really. Yeah. Wow. That is, yeah. I'm just, I'm trying to think that people go crazy, especially for these releases and then to have it be delayed. I, and again, to, to agree with what you're saying, one of the things I've really come to, to learn is a lot of these people you know breweries the the beer people love the beer and so while your art is special to that it's not necessarily always necessary to have the best labels if the beer is really good right i think initially some people buy it but a lot of these owners or breweries making a conscious decision to complement their art you know which is the beer with your art and you know special labels i think it's really just kind of something that maybe goes unnoticed sometimes but i think it's a really you know conscious decision and it's not always cheap either to do that so i think that that's another kind of revelation i really have with this project oh no no and it, it's definitely not cheap and it, you know it, it's it's part of the process it, it's you know it's a changing landscape you know what people want out of their beer is different than it used to be we're now both shelf space and i want to say one offer at least is now you know i know at least here in la on any given Saturday, there are going to be five breweries doing releases on the same day, and people realistically just can't make it to all of them. Um, and so, you know, there, there's a level of competition where you have to stand out a little bit. And I think for the most part, the style of beer does that. Um, but it, it doesn't hurt to have something that people see and are drawn to. Um, for me, when I first started getting into beer, I was drawn to, to designs that really caught my eye. And I had a lot of bad beer. Um, I would say in the past, I actually had a joke when I first got into beer that the worse a label, the better the beer. And uh, this was a different time. This was, and I want to say this is no slight against Sierra Nevada because they are, they are beer gods. But that very simplistic old school, like Sierra Nevada, Deschutes, you kind of have like a template. There's almost like a little vignette and you just stamp something inside that for a very long time is what was recognized as a good local beer to have something that was heavily designed and clean and crisp. You had to have Budweiser money, Miller money. And I think for a very long time, it, it was different when I used to buy a lot of these, what I considered well-designed craft beer labels, I would do my research and I would later find out they were actually owned by either places that were contracting out and didn't really have anything to do with it. A lot of them were actually owned by grocery store chains and they had their own separate uh, brands. And so I'm very happy and feel very fortunate that beer has started to embrace art. Um, there's actually, this was maybe a day or two ago on Twitter, uh, Beer Monkey, I believe his tag is, who has some amazing takes on beer in general, uh, tweeted something along the lines of, I think, uh, unrecognized uh, bonus to this whole hazy beer explosion is the 
massive increase in quality of can designs. And for me, I think that's true. You know, I think it played into this. We're all making the same ish beer. How do we stand out? It has to have puns. It has to be weird. And, uh, you know, I just, I feel very lucky to be able to be a part of it in, in any capacity. Well, I think your, your humility and you know, appreciation for others is, does not go unnoticed. And I think that's another, there's a lot of these commonalities, you know, kind of, uh, derivatives or six degrees of, uh, commonality for, for a lot of folks. And it's, yeah, it is the appreciation, kind of, uh, the mutual respect and appreciation amongst kind of all the different parts of the whole. And you know, your, your work is representing a lot of, uh, behind the scenes, hard work, not just by the brewers, but by, you know, the, the QC folks, the tasting room, all the, you know, all those different folks who just kind of are grinders. And so I think the, everybody has that in common, you know, to be in craft beer, I think you have mm-hmm. to be willing to wear a few different hats and, kind of grind it so i i i I love your uh Mm -hmm. i love that well thank you and no you know everybody has a part in it Uh, you know my opinion is that a good label will make somebody buy the beer once but a good beer will make them buy it again and again right yeah and so you can you can draw people in with a great label you can have something that's just outstanding and you're like oh my goodness but you know even i'm guilty of it i'll buy one of those that i love label and even a, a, a good beer I'll be like, oh, well, that was good. But if I open that same can and it's an outstanding beer, it's not the label that makes me buy it a second time. It then turns into the beer. So really the label is is really just that entry point for people. And once they choose that beer and they've picked it off the shelf, the label no matter. It's, it, it, no matter it no longer matters. It's, it's now up to the beer to be good, to be packaged well, to, to be able to hold up to various conditions. And then, you know, really it's the label is so crucial, but it's such an just minuscule part of what makes a beer good. Yeah. I, I say we're beer agnostic for that reason. I mean, we've all bought beer that we thought was great and then it turns out to, to not be. And, um, yeah, that's, the, that's the kind of the, the universal, you know, you bring it to the water, you bring the horse to the water, but it won't keep coming back if it's, it's shitty beer so it's a it's a it's a good kind of uh camaraderie now now how much time do you get like how does that what how does your normal process go do they on the the name of the beer or when the release cycle is going to be like how how much time are they giving you between when you have to um, get it to them um it, it really varies by project um and it's changed over the years um early on when i was just trying to get my name out there uh things took me longer because I wasn't as used to it. Um, but also I tried to work as fast as I could at the risk of my own well being. Um, and so, you know, at this point it, 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 for the most part, I generally want a couple of weeks to do something. Uh, that being said, that's two weeks of actually working on it. Um, in general, I'm usually booked for anywhere between three and six months in advance. Um, so it, there's a long waiting process where I'm admittedly not even thinking about a project that I've already taken on. Um, there are some ways that that's different, uh, clients that I've had for a long time. I am always willing to do something last second if they don't see it coming and I'm available. Um, so it, you know, I'll admit there are some projects I'm given four months. There are some projects I'm given a week. Um, I had, uh, a label recently that I had done that the beer was canceled. Um, and they still had a canning and there was still a canning schedule. So we needed a new label in one day. Um, and so I did it and I've had that with other beers where I've been given one or two days to create something, which isn't ideal. Um, but admittedly, not having a lot of time and the stress is generally what kind of pushes me to create things that I'm proud of. So, you know, it, it, it works out, but uh, yeah, I think it's difficult to give a defined timeline. Um, it just, it varies wildly by, by project, by how complex the project is and for how long I've been working with said brewery. All right. That's fair enough. Like I said before, if you had a chance to uh, head on over to uh, Nick's website, graphicphantom.com there's some uh, cool stuff you can buy over there too always updating I think uh, some posters some prints uh, you know even some shirts 
excuse me, hoodies and uh, the coffee. There's the the, you know, the the stickers and whatnot. So it's definitely a nice uh, nice little collection out there, Nick. Thank you. I will say as a, a small warning, be very patient. It generally takes me a couple weeks to send anything out. <laughs> yeah, I'm noticing a theme here, so it's all good. I got you. <laughs> it's just me, so uh <laughs> there's nothing yeah, I I agree. No, I always I always joke that, you know, with websites for artists, if they're if they're super up to date and you know, if you can look at the last updated date and it's it's super recent, you mean it just means that they're uh they're not as busy as they should be, you know, so to speak. So it's always yeah. you know, your art your 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 stuff's always the last thing to get updated, so that's a good sign. Well thank you. <laughs> yeah. Now, one of our, this is probably our easier question, um, at least we think it is, and we'll, we'll let you go. Um, when you're, when you're creating, do you have music that you're listening to or what's the, what's the scene like of, at the, at the graphic Phantom studio? Um, there's always something going on in the background. <clears throat> um, well, uh, one of my cats, uh, screams pretty much constantly all day long. So that's going on. Um, but other than that, it could be TV or music. I I have to have something uh, playing. But uh, yeah, it, you know, sometimes I'll mindlessly have uh, something on TV, old sitcom. Uh, I'm an avid promoter of Adventure Time, the children's cartoon, being one of the greatest creations of all time. Um, so uh, I quite often have that on in the background because I don't have to pay attention. Um, and yeah. If not that, then, uh, you know, I, uh, I grew up in the Bay Area during the 90s, so uh, <laughs> hardcore Bay Area rap music is is my catnip. So uh, there's a lot of, like, old E-40 and a lot of artists nobody's ever heard of that I listen to. All right. We'll drop a, drop a few on us because we'll, we put together an artist playlist uh, at the end of each, like, season. Um, you know, if I'm going old dad, it's, it's old E-40, three times crazy, loonies. Mac Dre, uh, all really local Bay Area stuff. Um, and if not that, if we're kind of venturing out of that, it's always rap, uh, old Wu-Tang, um, pretty much old stuff. I'll admit there's not a lot of new music that I'm into. All right. You're old soul. Yeah, we know. We, a couple of artists, a couple of episodes ago, we interviewed these guys who you would dig because they do hand, they do you know, screen printing, you know, hand printed uh, gig posters. And they did one one time for the Wu Tang Clan, and the local promoter didn't get yeah. the Wu Tang Clan to agree to do the poster, and so they had this whole you know kind of hijinks where they're trying to get money from Wu Tang Clan and met Raekwon and the whole, <laughs> the whole the whole thing. So it was it was pretty pretty hijinks. So it was good. Is that the uh, same guys who did the stackable can? Yeah, Mac. Yeah, magnificent beard guys. Yeah. Yeah. So um, you know, I I will admit I'm I'm a t- terrible artist and I, I don't look at enough art from other people. I get kind of caught up in my own stuff. Uh, when I saw those cans, that was one of the few times that I was just floored by something. And I was just, I was mad that I didn't come up with it first and uh, kudos to them. I think those stackable cans are genius. Nice. Yeah. I think they're great because they're characters and they work. And then they said that sometimes no, they, I, they interplace the heads with each other, which I think is so smart. No, the, the, the greatest compliment I could ever make another artist is that they infuriate me. <laughs> so they, they infuriated me when I saw that cause I was so mad that somebody else did it. And really that's the highest compliment I could pay anyone. Well, good. Hopefully, uh, hopefully when we're done with editing, we'll piss you off and you'll, uh, you know, get, get you nice and fired up. So, um, yeah, Nick, I just wanted to thank you. Um, I really appreciate it. I've been a fan of your art for a while, not knowing who it was. And so it's nice to kind of, you know, get to talk to you and bring it full circle. And I think your story is a, is a really good one, you know, hard work and just, you know, doing art because you loved it and it was a part of you. And then, you know, now it's, you know, now it's your career. So I think it's really uh, inspiring and I took a lot from it. Well, well, thank you. And I thank you for asking me to be a part of this. And I I really, you know, I I have to thank every single uh, brewer business place that has hired me. I, I truly appreciate you. And really, all the all the people who buy this beer and and consume stuff, you're the only reason places are willing to pay artists. So really, thank you to everybody. Well, there we go. We thank you, and thank you, and we thank you. And so, uh, thanks, Nick. We'll be in touch, and we'll we'll, we'll keep in touch, and we'll we'll uh, let you know when, when this is getting uh, getting out there. 
Sounds good to me. All right, have a great, have a great year, man. Happy New Year. Happy holidays. Cheers. You too. Cheers. Bye. Bye. Yes, yes. There we have it, folks. The essential Nick Falmer interview right here. 16-ounce canvas. Kicking off 2018 in style with the man who is a grinder, a hard worker, and he's humble. That's a great trifecta right there. Like I said, it was a real pleasure to get to talk to Nick, learn about how he, you know, got into it his appreciation for craft beer, all the folks who made it possible. Really this advice on, you know, folks, if you're doing it, whatever it is, you know, keep just doing it, doing it, doing it. You never know, you know, keep at your craft, keep busy. And I just think it's really, really, I know I, I do sound like a broken record. Sometimes I, I get hung up on certain themes, but I just think it's a great story. You know, we all, everyone has a, idea or something they want to do that they're really passionate about and so to hear that he was trying to you know get into commercial drawing and design for years and then finally this random meeting while he's you know just waiting you know chauffeured his wife you know to acupuncture and then boom now he's been doing it like he said he's you know his his calendar or his projects he's you know booked almost six months out that's pretty, I mean, that's really impressive. So, I mean, I think it just shows really the determination, you know, just to stick with it. And it seems like, you know, there's some highs and lows with that. You know, I don't think it's a, a cookie cutter storybook, you know, all frills and, you know, happy. You know, it's hard, you know, when you have something you want to do, especially when it's something that's kind of a little more abstract with art or design and drawing, things that aren't always tangible in terms of, you know, charging folks for them. And so I, you know, all of the artists, you know, past, present, and future have my admiration for that to really make a career out of it. We love what we're doing here. This is not paying the bills. You know, maybe someday we'll have some sponsors, do an event, sell some merch. But it takes some real balls to really just jump in and, you know, kind of to, to go for it. You know, something that's not traditional. And I'm glad to say now more than ever that, you know, folks are a little more open-minded to that. A little more, a little more possible to to make those things happen. But you know, folks like Nick and you know all of the other artists here, like I said, past, present, and future, forty-two plus, you know, should be celebrated for that. And hopefully, if you're you're listening, you're obviously digging the you know the sexy radio voice. But you know, also hopefully you're taking away some good life lessons or business decisions. And we try to have artists at different phases of their career. And I think that. I think this is one of the ones you should, you know, definitely go to. So I want to thank Nick again. I want to thank you. Wish you and yours a happy new year. Uh, we will keep grinding. We will be announcing our next 12-pack next week. We've got everything locked down. We're going even further worldwide. We're going to stay local. We're going to go around town and in between. So Get in touch. 16OZ is the hashtag wherever you're drawing, whatever you're doing. You're taking a picture of your beer. Drop that in there. We'll find it. We'll find the artist. We'll be in touch. 16OZCanvas.com is the website. 16OZCanvas, short and simple. Facebook, Instagram, and the Twitter. Twitter. Shout up. Yes, I'm a little punchy. We had a blizzard here in the Northeast, and I have not left the house in days. So if you do not hear from me, please send help. But until next week, we thank you. You've been listening to the 16-ounce canvas. We are the royal we, and we are out. Cheers. Cheers.